the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, he didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. This is uh, Menendez, of course. He's uh, he's innocent. There's a perfectly uh, good explanation, although he didn't give us one. <laughs> I didn't. He, he just uh, took the microphone and uh, didn't mention anything about the gold. Didn't mention anything about the Mercedes. Although regarding the cash, there's an explanation for that. Uh, I was uh, my dad's from Cuba. That's basically the uh, explanation. I don't know. This is kind of like Joe Biden saying, uh, you know, Bo Biden dying uh, is the excuse for everything. Literally, I just not sure. Now, is it a thing among people who used to live in communist countries to hoard cash? Is that a thing? It's what he tried to tell us. That's a lot of cash to hoard. I mean, this man went to law school. He, he, you know, kind of knows the way the world works. We have banks. You can keep $500,000 in cash. So Menendez, Senator Bob Menendez, career politician, I think I know what happened. I really do think I know exactly what happened. Um, You know, when you're in public service, when you're in public life, you start to think you're a very, very big deal. You think you're, you start to think you're special. And who remembers the movie? I want you to think back now. Say anything. Say anything with um, John Cusack. Remember Lloyd Dobler? I'm Lloyd Dobler. He's a kickboxer, and he really likes the hot, smart girl from high school. Really likes her. And even though he kind of runs with a, you know, we're, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't exactly a football player. And anyway, there's a, their, their relationship blossoms, and it's very beautiful. He's like a you know, below-average student, and she's valedictorian, but they fall in love, and they're 18 or whatever it is. And a little backstory: her father does not like John Cusack. I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Her father does not like John Cusack. But anyway, another little backstory: the father happens to run and own a nursing home. And another backstory: the FBI is investigating him. And the girl who is in love with John Cusack figures this out. Oh my gosh, my father's guilty. And he goes and confronts him. And what he says, I believe, is a window into a hell of a lot of crime. He is guilty, by the way, in the movie. He winds up going to jail. But this is the window into a lot of crime. Remember, he runs and owns a nursing home, but he's been stealing from the patients. So he gets confronted with this by the daughter. And you want to see what happens? I'm telling you, this is the answer to a lot of political corruptions. This this is why it happens. Where is this thing? Uh, cut 19, Say Anything, great movie, 1989, John Cusack, with that Peter Gabriel song. Remember, he holds up the radio over his head. A lot of people don't remember this, I know. But this is a good dialogue here. Ready? 19, go. Dad, did you do it? Did you take that money? Sweetheart, no, don't be ridiculous. I swear to God, I need to know the truth. Honey! I swear to God. I swear to God. I found the money. It's all ashamed. Big pause. I mean, it's not what you think. What am I supposed to think? 
Honey, about what? You stole from them. You lied to me. How do you think that's supposed to make me feel? You think you know what this money is? Yes, I... No, you don't know what it is. It's not for me. This money's for you for when you come back from England with honors to set you up so you never have to depend on anybody again. I, I, I take better care of those people than their families do. I care for them. I give them flowers. I feed them. I wipe their mouths. No, but you stole from them. I make their lives better. That's it right there. I make their lives better, therefore I'm allowed to take this stuff. And what I saw from Menendez bragging about all the stuff he did for the community and this, that, and the other thing kind of made me think of this movie. Now, then again, these are just allegations, right? And uh, I do know that Barack Obama does not like Menendez, and neither does Joe Biden, in part because Menendez, who sat on that Foreign Relations Committee, was a thorn in their side and, and did not view the world the way they did and didn't like Iran and wasn't really a fan of the nuclear deal, the Iran nuclear deal, which was a total giveaway to Iran, negotiated by John Kerry, who doesn't know how to negotiate, just knows how to put on that long tie and that long face and, I need a deal. He's a very pompous guy, and he got us a crummy deal. And Menendez was kind of onto that, didn't like the deal. Uh, if you go through this indictment like I did, it's um, it looks pretty bad. But there's something very interesting here, and it reminded me of... Yes. Corruption, political corruption. He's trying to get a prosecutor to not prosecute a case. Yep, it reminds me of Joe Biden. And right in there, he's trying to pressure a U.S. attorney, an incoming U.S. attorney, and then a sitting U.S. attorney, that he doesn't want those guys looking into some matter involving a friend of his who's been giving him money, giving him money to another guy who's been giving the money to Nadine, and that's how it works. So... I thought that was very interesting somehow. This is very reminiscent of the Joe Biden thing. Yeah, Burisma, um, Hunter, basically a no-show job for hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, $83,000 a month. That's damn near a million dollars a year, right? <laughs> uh, I think that is a million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, and to get that job, his only credential was being Joe Biden's son, and Joe Biden wanted some things. I mean, the Ukrainians wanted some things out of Joe Biden, and they wanted that prosecutor. God, what else? It would be even weird if they didn't ask for something, right? Of course they wanted that prosecutor. God, when you go through this indictment, it's very easy to make this case. And I know it sounds so convoluted over there with Ukraine and the Ukrainian names we can't figure out. And uh, it's all confusing. They want you to be confused. But a lawyer, you know, lawyers are pretty good. They can just boil this down to the facts, to the to the bare essentials. And that's what we have in this indictment of, uh, you know, I looked up Joe Biden's first house, Joe Biden's house in 1972 when he was elected to the Senate. Um, it was a very ordinary home, very ordinary home, very ordinary house. He leaves the Senate and he has palaces and mansions all over the place. How did he get that money? How did he get that money? Think about it. the entire 2017. He leaves. He's out of public life for the first time since 1973. And he's got all this stuff. How did he get it? Investing well? I don't know. Now, Menendez, where's the Menendez part where he says, oh, yeah. Okay, so here's where he says, I had cash because my dad lived in Cuba, right? Something to that effect. Listen to this. Cut. 
And it'd be nice to know what Menendez sounds like. <laughs> it's not exactly the guy you see on the news a lot. He keeps a low profile. Cut 16. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Wouldn't you want the money at the bank? Oh, the Cubans confiscated them. What the hell does that mean? I, I, I looked at the money. It looks brand new. It doesn't look like it was withdrawn 30 years ago. What do we make of that? Does anybody know what the hell that Cuba would have to do with that? I don't know. Let's see here. This is a fair point. Cut 17. Yes, cut 17. A cornerstone of the foundation of American democracy and our justice system is the principle that all people are presumed innocent until proven guilty. All people. I ask for nothing more and deserve nothing less. The court of public opinion is no substitute for our revered justice system. We cannot set aside the presumption of innocence for political expediency when the harm is irrevocable. To those who have rushed to judgment, you have done so based on a limited set of facts framed by the prosecution to be as salacious as possible. Remember, prosecutors get it wrong sometimes. Sadly, I know that. Instead of waiting for all the facts to be presented, others have rushed to judgment because they see a political opportunity for themselves or those around them. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, Charlie. It looks pretty bad. And, you know, I read the indictment. And when you read this indictment, you can understand, okay, this looks like real criminal conduct. Potentially. Potentially. This this is real. You read those four indictments against Trump. Those are not real. You're like, how can you say that? It's like, well, how many of you folks have read the indictment? How many reporters have actually sit down and read these things? Very, very few. Very few. 39 pages of uh, an indictment is a pain in the neck. It's like 100 pages of a novel. It's like it, the language is stilted. It's weird. It's and But you compare it to what Trump is accused of, what Rudy Giuliani is accused of. You know, there are counts in that indictment against Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump. Like Rudy Giuliani left a voice message for a state lawmaker in Arizona. That's actually considered a conspiratorial act. He's charged with that. It's crazy, crazy. We know it's not wrong to leave a voicemail message for somebody. And it's not like the voicemail message said, uh, hey, uh, take care of this guy. Put a button on this guy. You know, <laughs> Nothing like that. It's like, I'd like you to return my call because I'd love to talk to you about the election results. I think there's some information there that you need to know. It's a very friendly Rudy Giuliani calling these guys. And so that's a bogus case. This is uh, this is real. What else about this? I guess that's it for now. Oh. It was funny watching Jim Clyburn. We have those yet? The congressman from uh, South Carolina. He he was on the Sunday shows this weekend, and he says, well, they ask him, is it, is it wrong for somebody to profit off of their last name like Hunter Biden allegedly did? And he's like, well, um, I have daughters, and uh, I want their – I'm like, wait a second. He didn't, ex- he didn't say no, and I looked up his daughter's – they all have federal jobs. <laughs> they all have, oh, boy. Uh, that's a good one. 
Should we get to that later or should we get to it now? Actually, I want to do the Joe Biden speaking at the uh, Congressional Black Caucus. He speaks differently when he doesn't think any white people are around, quite frankly. The, 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 there's a condescending tone to him. I loved it when he got booed at Howard University because the audience picked it up right away. This is a politician. It's a braggart. He's talking down to us in his own way. And uh, you have probably heard by now he messed up LL Cool J's name. But he's yelling and screaming at these people. And then he he says some unfortunate things. And I, I, I don't like to think of America this way. Let's see here. Oh, he warmed the crowd up with a lie. Cut 20. Cut 20. Thank you for what you've done for me. I started off as a kid in the Civil Rights Movement in Wilmington, Delaware, when I was in high school. He started off in the Civil Rights Movement when he was in high school. Now, this has been alleged by Joe has made this brag a million times. Not every time. <laughs> every time they're feeling their mojo, they fact check him. And they go back and they look at books. And Joe Biden himself said, I didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He was just a he was just a regular high school kid. Actually, he was a regular prep school kid. For a guy who came from uh, that hellhole Scranton, as he likes to call it, he had it pretty easy. He actually had a new car. Every year, his father gave him a new car. My dad wasn't able to give me a new car. It was yours. But Joe Biden, who wants to, uh, us to believe that somehow he got the... Life of hard knocks, huh? Anyway, there are some real buttes there. It's kind of entertaining. It's Rosh Hashanah, and the weather's crummy. That's too bad, but uh, we're all doing okay. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, absolutely shocking polls. Shocking to, uh, that's actually shocking to me, Uh Donald Trump, new Washington Post ABC News poll has him up nine points over Biden. Nine points. Nine points. That is pretty wild, don't you think? Uh, how many account, how many indictments, uh, charges against Trump right now? Ninety-one. Four indictments all over the country. Zero for Joe. Zero counts he's facing. And yet nine points ahead. This is a beautiful testament to the American people. And watch out, though, because they're going to panic and they're going to scramble. And they're, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I heard from a very well-placed source today that Joe Biden is firmly convinced that he can run, that he can be the candidate, that he's going to be the candidate, and he can beat Trump. Now, talk about delusional. There's there's, there's the evidence of dementia right there. Uh, unless, however, uh, they rig this whole thing all over again. And, you know, somebody else also told me that, you know, remember COVID and they rearranged all the rules of society? Well, they're doing the same thing uh, with this border crisis. They're rearranging everything. And, yeah, they see these folks as uh, future voters. If you, we haven't had a Republican governor in, um, let's see here, in California since when? Arnold? Arnold Schwarzenegger? When was he elected? 20 years ago. Um, you know, it used to be like, you know, give and take in California. A Republican, a Democrat, a Republican, a Democrat. There were a lot of Republicans. Uh, there was Pete Wilson. There was uh, Ronald Reagan, of course, some guy named Duke Magian. I think he was a Republican. Um, uh, Pat Brown. Was he a Republican? No, he was not a Republican. But there were plenty of Republicans. And now it's solidly, it's, it's like it's just one party, a one-party state. And the party 
to Democrats, I think, is more important than the country. That they would allow this guy, and it's, um, oh, something else, Clyburn talking about democracy. Democracy all the time. Democracy. Joe Biden came in fifth place in Iowa, fourth place in New Hampshire, and suddenly a guy named Clyburn decides he should be the next president, and he comes in first place. Anyway, where the hell are the Cook Islands? The Cook Islands are in the, I don't know where they are. I'm going to find out for you. Let's see here. The Cook Islands is in the South Pacific Ocean, and we just established diplomatic relations with them. Why didn't we have diplomatic relations with them beforehand? I don't know. But uh, here's Joe Biden trying to announce the situation this morning. Diego, do you have these yet? All right. Um, cut one, please. Listen to this. No, from the uh, from what I just, yeah. So today I'm pleased to announce we're working with Congress to invest $40 billion in our Pacific Islands Infrastructure Initiative. We call it the PI, anyway, it doesn't matter what we call it, but that's what it is. I was going to get back to acronyms, and I'm going to, I'm going to stand not doing that. So today, All right, I'm so can this guy run for re-election? I mean, right, that, that was pretty much laughing at him, not with him, at him. That's what you call uh, uh And $40 billion for the what? For the what? You know, he does it just like a small-time politician, a small-time congressman, going back to the district and bragging about how much money, how much bacon he's bringing home. We want more from a national leader, more from a president. And he talks about contracts all the time, which is another weird thing. He shouldn't be involved in that stuff. And then this happened, same same meeting. He's sitting with the guy from Cook Islands, which I'm looking on the map, is all the way down pretty darn close to the South Pole. And he's thanking the guy for being there. And he says, the good thing is we're both from Baltimore. And everybody just sat there. Joe's not from Baltimore. This guy's not from Baltimore. Hello, Baltimore. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I was on the subway this weekend for the first time in a while. I like to avoid the subway, um, but I took it, um, you know, the U.N. stuff going on, and I had to go all the way downtown. I didn't feel like spending $35 on a cab. I was with my daughter, and I, um, yeah, took the chance and went down there perfectly fine, did see a couple of weird things, though, right off the bat. As soon as I walked into the uh, the train, a guy laying there, taking up about seven seats, right, just just lying down on the seats. And, yeah, did I ever see that before in my life? Yeah, sure. I've seen that. I saw that in the 80s, 90s. I've seen that. But the very first thing I saw, and he wasn't the only one, so there were two of those guys taking up a lot of room, the very first one. And then walking around, uh, the, first of all, the subway is, uh, you you want it to be not crowded on the weekends, but it is crowded because they reduce service and, uh, so the trains are jam packed. And there were some very friendly people there, you know, but, um, a couple of people had the look in their eye. You know what I mean? Certain look. What do I mean by that? Well, it's a little bit, 
undefinable. But there was a certain hostility that I was picking up from a few guys. I don't know what was going on there. And then I, I saw a lot of deranged people uh, when I was switching trains. I had a fair way to walk when I switched trains. And I thought maybe this has something to do with the lack of enforcement when it comes to the turnstile, right? I mean, <laughs> how much does it cost to ride the subway? You swipe that thing. I think it's, what, two ninety down, $2.90. And I have a, this theory that that fee kept, I mean – kept certain crazy people away from the train because right but now since you don't have to even pay well anybody can get down there i mean it was kind of like an entry it was a you could say well i'm not talking about poor people i'm not talking about low-income people low-income people who are working who are striving um yeah you know i they don't they don't break the law i i don't think that but i saw something and it wasn't a good feeling it really wasn't a good feeling into the type of thing. And I put something up on Instagram. Half the comments were, why the hell are you down there with your daughter? It's a good question. Uh, it was a good question. But you know what? There were some really nice things. A lot of people offered uh, their seat to her, that kind of thing. And uh, uh, so there's still that New York spirit that I love. But there's also this this new wave Ever since 2020, really, but ever, if you really want to trace it back, de Blasio, de Blasio. We had a great city. He pretended the city was broken. Then he claimed to fix what wasn't broken, and then he actually managed to break it. That goes beyond the NYPD. That goes to the city itself. That man broke the city. And now we have a guy making it even worse in in Eric Adams. Remarkable story I saw over the weekend. Maybe you saw it as well. The Post. And, you know, when people like de Blasio and Eric Adams encourage people to smoke pot, uh, what do you think that's going to do? It's, it encourages people to smoke pot. It encourages people, um, children, to uh, smoke weed. And it's everywhere now. Remember, even before Eric Adams took office, after the election in November, he goes on this the Colbert show, the late night Colbert show. And he takes out a joint right there on TV. Right there on TV, he takes out a joint. It's legal now. <laughs> and they, they promise that they're going to smoke it backstage. Let's see here. New York City students going to school high every day as drug incidents rise, according to teachers. New York Post by Deirdre Bardoff, Georgette Roberts, and Craig McCarthy. New York kids are getting a higher education these days, get it? Students in the Big Apple are regularly waking and baking before class with the post-catching teens toking up outside schools in the morning and teachers reporting rampant use of the drug in the buildings. You know, I never heard of it called baking. There's one guy I know, whoever called it bake, bake, he's baked. That's that's code for smoking pot, right? Getting baked. It's like another word for stoned. I heard a buddy of mine say it in 10th grade. And I have not seen it or heard it since until right now, getting baked. So that's a thing. They come in sluggish or sleepy. Their eyes are red. Sometimes you can smell it, too, said one exasperated teacher at August Martin High School in Queens. It's not good for learning. They can't learn if they are high. Kind of makes sense, right? Now, Eric Adams, in classic fashion, is talking out of both sides of his mouth. 
The problem is so bad that Eric Adams highlighted it in the State of Our Schools address last Wednesday, saying that pot use is worse with the rampant spread of illegal cannabis stores in every city. Oh, if only only they were all legal, everything would be fine. Uh, This is a guy who actually encouraged it and giggled about it and actually uh, owned up to doing it himself. So uh, he can't. uh, And that's what they do, though. They're never responsible for anything. No responsibility whatsoever. None. Zero. Uh, the big news politically, uh, Donald Trump is on top. He's not going anywhere. Number two, there is a debate this week. The Fox Business Network. Anybody watch Fox Business? Sometimes it's it's a much better than the Fox News Channel. They seem to be freer over there to pursue the truth, not uh, some boss's version of the truth. And it's going to be on uh, Fox Business, I think, on 9 o'clock. Uh, on Wednesday night, but no Trump. Who's going to be there? Oh, Ada Hutchinson did not. If I call him Ada. Asa Hutchinson. Trump calls him Ada. You know why? Because it's a girl's name. <laughs> I call him Ada because of certain reasons. Um, so Ada's not going to be there. Trump truth this morning. Hey, instead of spending money on this dopey debate, why not spend it on securing the election? You know, I mean, making sure they don't cheat. That move by that man in Pennsylvania to make it an automatic thing that you show up at the DMV and then you are automatically registered to vote, that's a bad, bad thing. We can't have it. They're already rigging it. You know who's excited about it? Barack Obama. That tells you a lot of what you need to know. This is a scam to get Democrats elected, just like this immigration crisis, this artificial man-made crisis. It's to make a permanent majority of Democrats. And you get enough uh, enough Democrat voters, you get a lock just like they did in Russia, and they can redesign this country fundamentally. Start passing constitutional amendments. You make Puerto Rico a state. You make Washington, D.C. a state. And there goes this country forever. Forever. And there's no guarantee that America is going to be around forever. And Right? Everything changes. The rise and fall of empires, we've seen it before. I hope we make it. I don't know if we will. Uh, it's in God's hands, but you know what? He gave us free will. We'll see what happens. They'd rather burn down this country than give it back to Trump, I fear. Don't you? And I don't know if you've been watching, but I caught General Milley in a stone-cold lie and a stone-cold admission that he did everything he could to trip up Trump illegally, illegally. This guy violated his oath. You know, he only has a couple of days left as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That job means you're the military advisor to the president. But this guy was advising the swamp about how to get Trump. I have proved it many times. I need some video. I need more time to do it. Maybe I'll do it um, uh, tomorrow. I got some things in store. Uh, But the big takeaway... From last week, we caught him lying about Trump and how he treated the wounded. Did you see the video? I showed this video. It's amazing. They said Trump insulted the wounded. I've never seen Donald Trump hug anybody like that in my life. And first of all, I can't even imagine him hugging people. He doesn't hug, right? You know, he doesn't hug people. That's fine. There's a little bit too much of that. When did that happen? When did that happen when we like kissing became the new hello? Men and women, right? There's a lot of that. Right. I don't know why that is. I'd rather just shake hands. It'd be more appro- it'd be more appropriate. I'm talking about if you meet 
you're you're a couple and you go out with another couple and you don't know them that well. Maybe you've been out to dinner twice. Every, yeah, I'm supposed to hug that the woman. I hug her, right? It's kind of standard these days. And if you don't, you're viewed as very standoffish. So I don't know. Um, AOC had something to say. Let's listen to her. She's still around. Cut eight, please. Cut eight. The situation is um, quite unfortunate, but I do believe that it is in the best interest uh, for Senator Menendez to resign. I believe it is in the best interest to maintain the integrity of the seat. The integrity of the seat. It's almost by definition a corrupt seat over there in New Jersey, right? How many? How many? Is there something about New Jersey? There is something about New Jersey. Somebody explained it to me once. You know who we got to get back in power or in power? He's never really made it in politics yet. Cetarelli. I love that guy. Hey, you want to hear the um, the fake news? Lose it because Trump is uh, doing well. Here they go. Cut one. A lot of headlines in this new poll. Yeah, Chris Noon, you mentioned an uphill climb for these Republican opponents of Donald Trump. Let's show folks from our new poll exactly how steep it is. Look at this. Donald Trump, brand new national poll of Republican primary voters, nearly 60 percent support the former president. His nearest rival, Ron DeSantis, more than 40 points behind him now. Obviously, you can see here nobody else in single digits. And look at the movement, too, from the start of the summer. We polled this back in June. Trump seemed to have a dominant lead then. It has only gotten more dominant. Well, Stephen, what's so stunning about this number, a lot's happened since June. We're talking two more indictments against former President Trump, so four in total, and the first GOP primary debate. And yet, Mr. Trump is just solidifying his lead with GOP voters. And, and Kristen, you know this from talking to Republican critics of Trump from rival campaigns. Everything you just explained, they thought would take him down a peg this summer. And instead, he has only moved up here. You can see the numbers saying the party needs a new leader. That has gone down. So for, for Donald Trump there, nothing but good news. And it, what? what about she's like, oof, 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 all these indictments. Oof, oof, oof. Um, did they mention that he's beating Joe in, by nine points? I think that some of the shows like this week, they, 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 <laughs> the real headline, we already knew he was creaming all the Republicans. I think that's a little bit re- relevant. Chris Christie, uh, also known as Sloppy Chris. <laughs> that's what Trump calls him. It's a perfect nickname. Sloppy Chris, uh, keeps talking the big talk. You got to remember, Chris Christie lost the last debate, yet he's convinced he can beat Trump in a debate. He couldn't beat Vivek Ramaswamy. He couldn't beat Ada Hutchinson, cut 14. The whole race will change when Iowa happens, and the race will change New Hampshire. And I'm telling you that if I beat Donald Trump in New Hampshire, and I plan to do so, that his sense of invincibility, his sense of inevitability will go away. And there are a lot of Republicans in those numbers, even in your national numbers, who are going to be with Donald Trump just because they think he really is the only alternative to Joe Biden. When I beat him in New Hampshire, folks are going to know he's not the only alternative to Joe Biden. Well, look, you could live in New Hampshire and win that one state. There are plenty of people. I I, I don't know enough about New Hampshire. I just don't know enough about New Hampshire. I've been there like twice. It's a very small place. It's got its own culture. And they're pretty arrogant, uh, quite frankly. You know, they, they don't... If you don't come to their house, literally knock on their door like twice, they they think that, you know, you're you're insulting them. So who has lost New Hampshire in the past? Um, you know, who lost New Hampshire. Actually, I'm no fan. George W. Bush lost it by like 20 points. 
I believe I'm right on this, in, in the year 2000. Would you do me a favor, Diego, and look that up? Um, Bill Clinton lost New Hampshire. Um, so he has the time and the luxury, in a way, uh, Christy, to just live full-time in New Hampshire, running around the state, getting everybody to uh, to like him. Although I think uh, that could all backfire on him. The more people see him, the more people, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so there's that. We find that out. Yes, I'm right. 21 points. Nope. Nope. You're still looking at it. Listen to this guy, please. Another, this guy's a fake conservative, but he's got to acknowledge something with Trump here. Charlie Sykes, you ever see him? So many conservatives, these paid conservatives like George Will. I remember worshiping George Will. I thought that guy was so smart with the glasses and the baseball um, uh, expertise. Uh, but then he said we should invade Iraq. The entire establishment said we should invade Iraq. Anytime you feel inti- anytime I feel intimidated. I just remember that. I remember all those smart Alex at the New York Times, at the Wall Street Journal and beyond. They all said it. They all did. Fareed Zakaria, CNN, the rest, conservative and liberal said invade Iraq. There was that one guy who stood on the stage and said, it's a big fat mistake. How many points, Diego? It was about 18, actually, not 20. Oh, you make it sound like I was wrong, essentially, plus or minus. So John McCain in the year 2000 came in first place in New Hampshire, right? Right? Yeah, John McCain. And you're very grudgingly giving me credit here. You made it sound, and, 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 and second place was George W. Bush. Yep. All right, what were the numbers? Uh, John McCain percentage 18.53%. Uh, 48.53, sorry. 48.53, and what did Bush get? 30.36. So I'm just, you know, if Christie is on to something about New Hampshire and he can convince everybody, and I've seen people, I don't think he can. He's talking about stuff that's now 10, 15 years old in New Jersey, and nobody's interested in that. Right, Tessie? Hey, do me a favor. Hold on. I'll be right back with you. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, let's take a call. Why not? Saul's in Franklin Square. Hello, Saul. Hey, Greg. How are you? Listen, Greg, I have, a, I have to ask you a question. What do you think about Sarah Hackett before VP? I think she's going she's gonna to guarantee Trump 
a victory, big victory. No, she can't be the VP. She's not going to be the VP. Uh, here's why I think she will not be the vice presidential nominee. She brings absolutely nothing to the ticket. Uh, I mean, she's a good person and a good governor, I'm sure, but she's only in her first term. She is so closely aligned with Trump, it doesn't bridge to any other group, either like geographically or politically in any way. Um, you know, oh, she's a woman. Well, you know, that's that's not a big thing anymore. Right. I mean, Kamala, it's, it, that's not breaking any barrier. There have been plenty of v- female vice presidential nominees. I don't see that as a as as helping out. And by the way, the left, you know, they can't stand her. Democrats can't stand her because she was the face of the Trump administration for a long time. I, I just don't think that uh, I tell you who I think it's going to be. It's going to be Dr. Ben Carson. All right, Sal, do me a favor. Write that down, but not Sarah Huckabee. I like her. She could be president herself one day, but I don't think Trump's going to pick her. Um, I could be wrong. Thank you, buddy. Uh-oh, he's back. Jamal, hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I hope you're okay and your family are great. Yeah, they're, they're great. Uh-oh. Lay it on me. Thank well, you. I'm going to lay on it. You're a screener. They told me be nice to you, and I'm going to be nice to you. Did they really? What, did you? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, they said uh, to me stop, be nice stop. to you. What am I to say? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them right now. The last time we called, uh, we got into a screaming match. Maybe I, there's no way. Rich, tell me you didn't do that. Did, did, you, did you go on the radio? Tell, tell no, this guy. I did not tell Jamal to be t- nice to you. I just asked him what, uh, what did he want to speak about. So Jamal, that's what that's the call screener right there. Do you want to take back what you said? A lie is a terrible way to say hello. Yeah, I said to him, I want to ask you this question. I am tired of hearing from your side we rigged the election. Can you tell us how we rigged the well, election? Jamal, wait a second. Wait a second. First thing, well, you lie. I mean, first thing is that call screener right there, who's a very honorable man, tells me and the listening public that he did not tell you to be nice to me. Correct? You want to take that back? Okay, I am going to take it back, but he said, I'm going to make it short, and he said, fine, okay? So that's a big, that puts a whole new paint job on it. He didn't say, he didn't command you to be nice, right? (laughs) It's okay if you made a slip of the tongue. Did you slip, did you, I mean, it was a slip of the tongue, right, Jamal? I'm giving you a way out here. Yeah, I am trying to be nice to a person that keeps saying to us, we rigged the election. Can you please tell my side how did you rig the election? Because I'm puzzled when there are 18 names on the ballot and we only went after one of the names. Can you tell us how we rigged the election? Please. Yeah. Uh, please. How did you rig it? You, you stole ballots. You told everybody in Pennsylvania you could vote any way you want. Here's a ballot. You mailed ballots to everybody. And then I think people other than the voters filled those ballots out. It happened in Pennsylvania. It happened in Georgia. It happened in Wisconsin. It happened in Minnesota. It happened in Arizona. And it happened in Nevada. So uh, that's how I think you cheated. You took advantage of COVID. You mailed ballots out to everybody. You didn't have to be proactive. That was the whole thing about mail-in voting. You contact the uh, office of elections and they send you specifically a ballot for you instead especially georgia they mailed out ballots to everybody just mailed them out they looked at their notoriously out-of-date voter rolls there's no accountability for that and you it's throw right. it out that these these documents used to be borderline sacred you couldn't just have ballots floating around you know when you go into the um 
the voting booth, actually, here in New York, they have the practice ballot. There's a practice ballot. And then they give you a ballot. You know, they give it to you in that folder. It's a special thing. Just to mail that out to anybody, to the resident. You ever get something resident? Well, that's how they did it. Um, And then some. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm kind of surprised this uh, Senator Menendez thing is as big as it is. Uh, most people have never thought about Senator Menendez for a day in their life, right? Even I'm just I, not not a name that comes up, whatever. But all the networks right now going crazy, and yeah, it's a big deal when a senator gets indicted. When a senator is found with uh, big gold bars in his uh, uh, shirt pocket at uh, in his closet and Mercedes uh, that is uh, paid for by some friend of the family, uh, it's all very, very strange. That's um, very, very rem- reminiscent of the stuff that uh, Biden is allegedly involved in. And I want to show you how blindly um, loyal – I don't know. No, loyal is not the right – I think actually this shows – a lack of respect for the American people. This is Jim Clyburn. This guy has a lot of juice, a lot of power. He's a Democrat congressman from South Carolina. This is the guy who basically installed Biden as the Democrat nominee. I don't fully understand the scope and the reasons for his power, but he's got a lot of power. And here he is saying he's sticking with Joe Biden no matter what. The polls are horrific. But that's our fault somehow, right, uh, Congressman? Cut 27, please. Cut 27. Our poll shows that President Biden is in a dead heat with former President Trump, who has been indicted four times. Why is that? Well, I think the American people are focused more on style than substance, and that is the way it is in politics. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, a man full of substance. Uh, The style is something... Uh, you get from another candidate, you won't get it from him. Uh, he believes uh, in democracy. He <laughs> believes in the American team. He does. That'll do, Congressman. Joe Biden is a man of substance, and we have just been—we're fooled, right? We don't—we're focused on style, right? We're impressed with jo- the style, style over substance. That's America, huh? What a reject! What an incredibly stupid and offensive thing to say. You think uh, Joe Biden's lack of appeal right now might have anything to do with, uh, I don't know, the border crisis? No, 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 no. It's just, it's just style, style. So. Let's see. Does it have anything to do with losing a war in Afghanistan? No, no, no. Nothing to do with that. How about uh, Hunter Biden's obvious and overt corruption? No, nothing to do with that. Gas prices? No, nothing to do with that. You can go on and on and on and on. But uh, this is where I got some insight into... The swamp. More insight, right? They all do it. They all do it. Um, cut 29. Cut 29. Let me ask you about the impeachment inquiry that is going to unfold this week on Capitol Hill. I know that you and your fellow Democrats have called this pure politics, but big picture. They're trying to see if there's any link between Hunter Biden and the president and Hunter Biden's business dealings. Are you comfortable with a family member profiting off of their last name in this town? Well, you know, we all, to some extent, live so that our children uh, can be proud of the name that we've given them. I have three daughters, and I want them to feel very comfortable uh, being a Clyburn. And I do know 
uh, that that is very, very important uh, for going forward. Now, that doesn't mean that I want them to do things that are unseemly uh, to the name. I do want them uh, to use the name to their benefit. And yet President Biden. Stop right there. I thought, what an interesting thing to say. He wants them to use the. He's got three daughters. He brought it up. As John Travolta said, he brung it up. So I looked up his daughters. Like, well, that was just an interesting thing to say. He wants his daughters to benefit from that. And sure they have. And sure they have. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. They've got federal appointments here, there, and everywhere. One is in the process of running for Congress. The other one uh, served on the Federal Communications Commission. You know what a plum job that is to be a board member? And you know where you go from that? to a multi-million-dollar salary jobs for, like, T-Mobile. She went from FCC to advising a big company about how to maneuver and get the best of the FCC. Minion, Jenny, and the rest of them. I mean, see, that's the way it rolls. Uh, so the, they've got, they're protective of Joe because in some way, shape, or form, so many of them do this. And, uh, you know, Menendez's wife slash girlfriend, what's her name, Nadine? She set up an LLC. LLC? How about those LLCs all over the place? He's got Schenectady's. He's got uh, Lake Ontario. He's got all the Bob Hawk Sino investments. Hunter Biden had about 15 LLCs. A bit more complex, perhaps. A bit higher end. I mean, uh, the Menendez's were going to somebody who down the block who basically ran a deli. Uh, these guys are going to China. <laughs> uh, keep going with that Clyburn stuff. He says something uh, else that I think was notable. Biden, according to one witness testimony, was on the phone 20 times with Hunter Biden's business associates. It was described as pleasantries, but is that appropriate? Well, his associates said they were pleasantries, but I think it's appropriate to be a father to your son. And if your son uh, is having a problem, and we all know the history of the problem, uh, that Hunter has with addiction. And he is being a father to his son. You don't impeach a man for being a father to his children. <laughs> uh, they say this stuff with a straight face, and they just sit there and take it. They just sit there and take it. You know, I've had my struggles with uh, substances. Well, that makes it sound really intense. I drank too much, right? I drank too much. Uh my, my dad never checked up on me in the middle of the workday in front of my boss, and I put him on speakerphone. Son, how you doing right now? Are you okay? Yeah, 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 everything's great, Dad. Commissioner Kelly, everybody's on the phone. Uh-huh. See how important I am? That would have been a very horrible thing to do to everybody involved. Wow. Wow! Um, that's uh, that's pretty rich. So they're buying this stuff. They're buying it, but the Amer- – well, certain – Media members, Democrats, but the American people. What's that poll again? Nine points ahead for Donald Trump. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It finally feels like fall outside. That's great. It is fall. The summer is over. And uh, that means, what, three months to go before Christmas. Time is going so fast. Isn't it, Tessie? Hello, Tessie in the Bronx. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm good. Um, oh, gee, I could comment on almost everything you talk about. Um, but I wanted to comment on uh, uh, you're doing such a great job on talking about marijuana. 
Um, my brother uh, got out of the 82nd Airborne Division many years ago, and he had met a friend who lived in Alaska, and um, he um, he moved to Alaska, and he lived there for about 50 years. They Ooh. called him a sourdough. Anyway, um, they called him a what? Sourdough. Why? Because if you live in Alaska over 50 years, you're considered a sourdough. I thought they consider you an Eskimo. (laughs) Right? I never heard of sourdough. What is All right. Anyway, so what happened? So what happened was that he, uh, he didn't smoke tobacco, but he did smoke marijuana. In Alaska, it was legal off and on, off and on. Now it's legal. But uh, January, uh, he, 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 I kept in touch with him um, because we both love Trump and we talk about Trump and, and Biden's mishaps. Anyway, fast forward uh, July 9th, a Sunday, I spoke to him and he sounded hoarse and he told me he was diagnosed with COPD. And um, I said, wow. And on uh, July 10th, he was going on a fishing trip, and he collided with another RV, and he passed away suddenly. They couldn't revive him. So um, I lost my brother, and I believe that the uh, damage in the lung, because I know he didn't smoke tobacco, but he did smoke. You know, for years he smoked marijuana. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sorry about that. Boy, a boating accident like that. Look, I do know this, uh, and you know I don't like pot. I know people get angry when I talk about it, some people, because they believe it has all these miracle qualities. Uh, I don't agree. I guess one chance in a million I hear it helps with glaucoma, but I don't know. You've been smoking it all that time. Oh, Every now and then you do hear about somebody getting lung cancer who never smokes, right? Andy Kaufman, remember that guy from Taxi? He famously uh, came down with lung cancer, and he wasn't a smoker. Um, but maybe maybe this is linked. You know, i got a friend who knows all about marijuana, and uh, I'm going to ask him. He's a, He actually used to work in the drug czar's office, and he's on a total crusade against marijuana. He thinks it's the worst thing in the world. And uh anyway, sorry about Yeah, I see this. This is a thing. Sourdough. They call them sourdoughs up in Alaska. Uh I don't know what that is. I can uh, sourdough. Um all right. Well anyway, Tessie, thank you for calling. Everything else is good. Say something. I saw your daughter on TV. She's beautiful. She didn't want to go to bed. And that was wonderful that you <laughs> allowed us to see her. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. You, okay, bye now. You bet. Take care. Take care. Yeah, I put that beautiful video on. I got to do that more often. People love it. And she was wearing that lemony. You know, the, we have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. In fact, I was talking to him a lot this weekend. In fact, I was talking to him very much. Let's see here. One of, this is the one-year-old, I think. You want to hear the one-year-old talk? All right. Or try to talk? Sorry, this is the, this is the, this is the four-year-old who is actually counting to, uh, 20 in French. Isn't that amazing? She can count to 20 in French. One more time. Hmm? 
All right, there I was helping her a little bit. Uh, really sounds France. French sounds terrible when I say it. Uh, duh. Uh, boy, what a terrible accent. All right, here's the. I think this is the one year old. Give me a second here. Here we go. She's right where she should be for a one-year-old, right? Every now and then we worry. Is it okay? She sounds like, well, what's going on here? But uh, we look back, and she's basically right where her big sister was at the same stage. And the sister is now talking about all kinds of things. Uh, she was actually, she she said the uh, over the weekend that she would. I'm mad at the president because he made us late. I'm, I'm not kidding. I wish I recorded. I'm, what do you mean by that? Because of his meeting. She was talking about the UN. And they were taking the FDR drive. And, yeah, they were in traffic. And I'm mad at the president. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is very, very good. Um, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you, God. And I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nobody talks about the zoo anymore. You know, uh, now that I'm, I'm, a, well, I'm a father, my wife and I were always looking for activities for the little girls, and uh, the zoo is a is a good bet. But it's hit or miss, quite frankly. The zoo sometimes the animals are like you know just loafing in the back, and you don't see them. Uh, it can be really uh, a bit of a bust. But then sometimes they're all irate and going nuts. Uh, I love that. And sometimes you can knock on the glass. It's usually too thick to really stir them up. But there are certain things you can do to agitate the animals. And I, quite frankly, uh, given what they charge at the zoo, I have no compunction about that whatsoever. I think you're rela- you, you got to see something. So you can kind of make them, you can get them a little bit excited and, and, and annoy them a little bit. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. But you got to get them doing something. I'm not talking about doing tricks or anything like that. But I think they should be at least visible walking around, don't you? Very much so. Um, it's 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 so much money to get into these things. Uh, I don't want to name names. I went to this other. You know how many? The ninety dollars. It was a playground. Uh, ninety dollars to go to a a, a playground. It's slightly specialized playground. I was like, what? Per person, adults too. I. I, 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 I had a, I had a few words with them. I, not that I was arguing. I was just astonished. Wait a second. And I, I showed him, I mean, this is, do you, in addition to this, do you have anything else? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, is there a massage table or something like that? What else do you get? And it's, uh, no, it was just like, you know, plastics and, uh, you know, the, the stuff that kids do to play on, you know, that big vat full of balls that they jump in, you know, things like that. It was cool. And we were already there. So paid, but I was just mystified by the whole thing. Lewis, do you have any children? I'm Lewis. Do you have any children? I, I, yeah, I got a uh, 35-year-old who lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. All right, what's up? Do you hear, yeah, 
this is the day of atonement today, and I want to be a blessing to you. I want to be a blessing to New York City, where I'm from. I'm from Forest Hills, born in the Elmhurst Hospital in 1963, so that makes me 60. And I want to be a blessing to my whole country because I'm a disabled military veteran. Would you let me? Uh, listen, uh, you're not supposed to call and tell your life story. You know what I mean? Which you kind of just did. Uh, what do you mean? Oh. Will I let you what? Would you let me be a blessing? What do you mean? Be a, what do you, how do you do it? How do you be a blessing? You are okay. a blessing by existing, right? Yeah. Well, at, uh, if you go to Google and you type in, uh, going ape TV radio and my website will pop up. And when you go home from 9 p.m., to 12 p.m. Hey, we got a TV, we got our own radio show on at that point. What's going on on your website? That you're, you know, what, what? That I want to share with the whole world, America. All right, listen, man, you got to get a Twitter account. You got to get a Facebook thing going. And, uh, but, you know, anyway, it's Monaco. Is that your last name? Yeah, Louis yeah. A. Monaco. All right. Google away, everybody. Uh, uh, Louis, thank you very much. What branch of the service were you in? I, I want you to go there. Hey, Lewis, 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 Lewis. Yeah. What branch of the service were you in? I was in I was in the Army National Guard, New York, and fighting sixty nine. And what happened? And, and what? Battalion. And what? And then you say disabled. What happened to you? I got medical. Basically, I was trying to share the, about the Lord to people. I got transferred to. Uh, I got saved in Florida. I got actually it was in New York City in 1984. I was watching the Rebirth of America show, which comes on every All Sunday right, man, morning. I, I on just want to know uh, how did you get hurt? I got men, mentally disabled, depression, serious depression. You feel better now, though, me. right? You feel better. I take medication. Do you feel better? I'm feeling better. I love it. I love it, Lewis. Keep it up, all right? Hang in there. And I love that you're getting better, and you are better. Thank you, sir. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I won because virtually... 90% of the African-American community, we have a large community, voted for me. I owe you, I owe you, I owe you. Thank you. I don't know. That's um, that's Donald uh, Joe Biden talking about the election against Donald Trump and all the other elections that he uh, went through. And I owe you, I owe you, I owe you. The black community for voting, 90% for Joe Biden. I just uh, there's something about that that I find a little unsettling. I just the, once you president, once you won, are you supposed to be dividing the country like that, talking to them in segments? I don't know. There's something a little bit distasteful about it, right? And I owe you, so I owe black people. So I'm going to go out of my. I, there's just something odd about that. I would find it odd if uh, a president said I owe white people. I just it's it's offensive to me somehow. As is this man. So it was the Congressional Black Caucus he was speaking to over the weekend. He thought nobody was listening. I was. And uh, some very strange moments and some sad moments as well. Um, it's like he's telling ghost stories about America, and he wants to freak people out. I wonder, and I heard this actually from Charles Payne on television. You know, Charles Payne is a great broadcaster, 
on Fox Business and he shows up on Fox News Channel. Have you ever seen him? Now, he happens to be black and he talks about how, like, he thinks that Joe Biden is talking to children of color and wanting them to hate. And these ghost stories about America, talking down America, you're supposed to talk up America. Uh, Joe Biden cut 22. Keeping my promise that no one, no one should be in jail merely for the use of possession of marijuana. God almighty. And those who are in jail are they're going to be released and their records are going to be expunged. You know how many people they came out with that law last year? They came out with it. We're not going to prosecute. It's taking it off the books. You know how many people were in jail for that? For possession of marijuana? Zero. 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 Kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, de Blasio, right? Pretending something's broken, then bragging that he fixed what wasn't broken, and then actually managing to break it. Zero. In federal custody. You get, it just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been legalized basically everywhere. De facto, even where it's illegal, it's de facto. You can smoke it everywhere. And, you know, that's the one thing that Joe Biden, believe it or not, you know, he's a teetotaler. Never drank, never took drugs. That's the one thing I believe. I don't think he ever did. And, uh, but this, he's not, whenever he talks about addiction, it's just to garner sympathy. Not the evils, not the perils. Just feel sorry for me because of uh, Hunter. Uh, ignore Hunter and my corruption because he was addicted. Cut 23. Help close the racial wealth gap. Secretary Fudge is expanding efforts to build a black generational wealth through home ownership, like all middle class folks made it. That means addressing the cruel fact that black families' homes often appraised at half the value, significant 20% less value, same home built across the highway, different neighborhoods. If the same home, the black home, will be, will be valued at 20% less, built by the same builder or the same outfit. Now, Joe knows uh, enough about real estate to know that there are other factors that drive home values. I know he knows about real estate because the guy's been buying crazy houses his whole life. He bought the DuPont Mansion <laughs> two years into the U.S. Senate. He had a lust for real estate, a lust for real estate. His own words, a lust for real estate. We're going to come in just like they did in 2006, 2007, before that, 2005 even, subprime loans. You know what happened there, right? Subprime uh, mortgages. And the whole damned economy blew up. He's handing out, he's handing out money. It's almost like it's his money to correct these things that are not, <laughs> it's not simple. It's not like that, Joe. Yeah, we could talk about the uncomfortable truths that need to be talked about, right? But no one's going to talk about it, right? You're just going to tell fictions like this, ghost stories like this. Cut 24. Along came Charlottesville in August of 2017. Something I never, never thought I'd see in America. I'm sure you remember what happened along with me. We saw people marching out of fields with lighted torches, literally carrying swastikas, their veins bulging and chanting the same anti-Semitic bile, the racist bile we heard in Germany in the 30s, neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, white supremacists, and in the process of this ugly demonstration, a young woman was murdered. And when the president at the time was asked what happened, he said, quote, 
There were very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides. When I heard that, I knew I could no longer sit in the sidelines because the President of the United States had just drawn a moral equivalency between those who stood for hate and those who stood against it. Stop for a second. Gosh, what a what a hustler. What a racial hustler, right? Standing up there barking, no respect, because what he's saying is not true. And the media, too. I mean... You know what happened, right? Don't you know what happened by now? I played it a million times. Donald Trump said good people on both sides. And I'm not talking about the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis because they should be condemned totally. But you had other people other than white supremacists and neo-Nazis. And that is true. That is fact. And you can be a good person and be offended by Confederate war statues. You can also be a good person and think, you know what? It's our history and... uh we shouldn't dismantle it. We, yeah, it has to be acknowledged. I think both are reasonable positions. He went out of his way to say, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis. I'm not talking about that. Ah, just to hear him yell like that, yell. And he makes up this whole story that that's when I decided to run for president. He was running for president much earlier than that. Then he says something really over the top. Can you imagine President Xi of China going around talking bad about America or bad about China, like this guy talks about America? Or Putin? Does he go around bad-mouthing Russia? No, leaders aren't supposed to do that. Keep going. Oh, that's the end of it? Where's the one where he says you can be attacked just because you're black on the street? I mean, he really wants people to be afraid of each other. And that's not the kind of uh, country we have, quite frankly. But beware. The the Bill de Blasio plan, it could happen. Hey, just for laughs, you've heard of LL Cool J, right? Come to think of it, I can't name one song by LL Cool J. He's been around for a long time. He doesn't really make music anymore. He's more of an actor, right? LL Cool J. Uh, cut nine, cut nine. And two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh... By the way, that boy's got, that man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's... That boy. It's not the first time he referred to a uh, person of color, a black man in shape as boy. And talk about something that harkens back to a very, very horrific era in American history. (laughs) Boy. That's uh, that's bad. He actually called uh, the sitting governor of Maryland, who happens to be black, boy. Just like that. You know, Delaware is pretty much a southern state. It's not that far away, but it's more, it's very much a southern state. And, uh, well, that's, a, that's, that's a lot there. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot there. All right. At this point, what, what song has LL Cool J? I don't, nobody knows. All right. So I'm not the only one. Hey, yeah, 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 Carmine, uh, hello. Uh, how you doing? I'm not sure about this, uh, call, by the way. No, it's, uh, first of all, it's, uh, Mama said knock you out. I don't know what that means. That's the LL Cool J song. Oh, I still don't know it, but good for you for knowing one. Well, it was very popular. So I got a dream last week. I was with President Trump. He loved me. His family loved me. We went around taking pictures. He was on some type of whirlwind. And I said, let's take a selfie. And he said, okay. And my camera froze up. 
And he goes, come on, we're going to another stop. Don't worry about it. We'll take it the next stop. So I go, okay, let's take a selfie. And he goes, okay, take the picture. So it freezes up again. I go, oh, my gosh, I need this picture. And he goes, why is this picture so important to you? And I said, I got to send it to Greg Kelly. And he goes, wait a minute, my Greg Kelly? <laughs> I go, no, our Greg Kelly. And he goes to the Secret Service, hey, stop everything. We got to take a picture for Greg. Uh, I love it. All right, Carbide. Thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, your dream, huh? I didn't know what, I don't know where you were going to go with that. I heard that there was this dream you wanted to talk about. And it ends there, right? And then I woke up after we took, after the Secret Service took the picture. All right, beautiful. Hey, you never know. Maybe it happened in real life someday. Thank you, Carmine, very, very much. Sandra. Hey, Greg. I love the uh, video where Annalise is swimming towards you to save you so you don't drown. I mean, <laughs> that really was touching. I, I love her. I love the whole family. I wish we see Judith too a little bit. But anyway, I wanted to ask you your thoughts about, um, what's her name, Michelle Obama. Over the weekend, Monica Crowley, you know, she, she has concerns. She says if she decides to run and she'll pull it at the last minute after the primaries are over so she doesn't have to answer questions, and should she run, she said that could be a problem. I am so proud of Donald Trump. He's doing so well. He's surging in the polls. I just wanted your opinion. Do you think this could be a little challenge? That's all I wanted. Yeah, to no, I think she's 10 times more uh, formidable than Joe Biden. I do think it's a possibility that uh, she could run. Uh, she could raise $100 million in about 10 minutes, and uh, it would totally upend the entire uh, political universe. Now, I've been thinking this for a long time. There's this guy named Joel Gilbert. He's written a book, Michelle 2024. He actually did a movie called Michelle 2024. You can check it out online, Joel Gilbert, Michelle 2024. However, and I've been pushing that myself. I said, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm not so sure it's going to happen. Uh, somebody told me, somebody in the know, that Michelle does not want to. She will not. Uh, she's not going to run the risk of losing what they have and just not going to try it. But uh, I still think it's possible because if she did it, it would be, um, you know, it would just, it would, uh, who knows? I mean, who knows what would happen then? And, yeah, it would be harder for President Trump, although I think he could beat her too. I mean, what the hell has Michelle Obama done with her life other than get married to uh, Barack? I mean, let's face it. She's got an attitude. She doesn't seem to like America very much. She doesn't seem to like people very much. Um, that let's move campaign. Let's move. Remember her, you know, fitness campaign. It was very, very weak. It was very weak. It didn't talk about uh, sugar, which if you're talking about dietary health and you're not talking about sugar. Now, why didn't she talk about sugar? Well, because of the sugar interests. OK, because of Mars candy bar. Mars Candy Bar, you know, they, they have like 50 brands of candy. I love candy. I recently gave it up, and I'm dropping weight like crazy. Uh, that stuff, and that stuff can make you crazy. It can make you all kinds of moods. So, anyway, we don't like Michelle. I mean, what has she done? She, you know, she gets into Princeton because, uh, you know, <laughs> it, uh, my understanding is it was, um, it was uh, in part for affirmative action. Hey, by the way, I know all kinds of people get into colleges for all kinds of reasons. You know, some people get into college because uh, they played the oboe. 
Okay, so it's I don't have a big beef with that. Uh, then she goes to Harvard Law School, and then she just... <laughs> but she's still convinced that this is a systemically racist country that has given her so much. So we'd be in big trouble with a uh, with an, another Obama in the White House. Have you seen the kids lately, too? I, I can say this now because they're adults. They're hanging out with Drake, and it looks like they're smoking a lot of weed. So... Beware what you wish for. You know, you get everything and then it's not enough. Those kids look bored and totally checked out. I need to know what happened to that chef who drowned at Martha's Vineyard, don't you? We have the we have the uh, coroner's report. It's very fishy. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Why this president has been so zeroed in, so laser focused on lowering costs for Americans, and we've done that. And a lot of the a lot of the policies that the president has put forward are indeed popular. I mean, Bidenomics is has worked so well that you have Republicans in their own districts, in their own states, taking credit for things that the president pushed forward, policies that the president has pushed forward, legislation that they didn't even vote for. If you think about the American Rescue Plan, the Inflation Reduction Act, so I get, I get the, I get the polling that you're laying out. <laughs> I just, this is uh, Karine Jean Pierre just a few moments ago at the White House. She's putting out some real doozies. Uh, listen to this. Percent of registered voters, just 37 percent proof of the president's handling of the economy. He's at a 56 percent disapproval, the highest of his presidency. And 74 percent of registered voters say they have major or moderate concerns about the president's age and mental fitness. How troubling is that? Here's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on exactly what you just asked me, right? The first question, which is how do we uh, how do we continue to support um, uh, the workers, right? We're not going to get into the litigation of uh, of the negotiations here, but what we're going to do is continue to show uh, how much this president is working for American families. It's kind of like reminiscent of the Soviet Union. You got to be a bit more facile. I think might be the word. You got to be a bit more adroit. You can't just pretend you didn't hear a question. Um, now, this takes me back to what I said in August, that Joe will be gone by the end of October. I'm feeling it all over again because the more stubborn he gets, the more in denial their entire team is, um, the more I think Barack Obama gets a little bit, uh, all right, enough with this guy. And I do believe that there is... Smoking gun evidence that we have not yet heard, and I've been told, that will be released sometime before the end of October. Now, granted, we have plenty already, but this is going to be just like, whoa, 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 in your face, indisputable, like, you know, just red-handed type of stuff. And you know those Russians, they, they record stuff all the time. They record every meeting they go to. They record phone calls. They do it all the time. Much more. We have the capacity here in America, but generally speaking, it's not done. It's considered a bit um, rude, right? I mean, and sometimes it's flat out illegal. Uh, Got to go in a second. Uh, let's try uh, 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 Sal. Hey, Greg. Bottom line, $13 billion for illegal invaders. Not one cent towards the city run retirement home for American veterans. Thank you. And bottom line. Later, later, later. I don't like it when you do that. Don. Yeah. Hi, Don. Uh, Greg, uh, my vote for VP would be Tulsa Gabbard. 
She has quite a resume. She was a congresswoman from Hawaii. She's in the National Guard. She spent time in, in Iraq. I think she would make a, a hell of a uh, VP. I think she's intriguing. But is that what you're looking for in a VP? Because there are plenty of uh, Congress uh, members of Congress who served in Iraq right now, like 30. There are like 30. I, I mean, like, has- let's face it, she's pretty hot, right? President, though. She's pretty good looking, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's in good shape, too. She has said some interesting things. You got to remember, though, she's a liberal Democrat. All right. I mean, actually, she left the Democrat Party, I believe, but she's liberal on a whole bunch of issues. If you're good with that, that's fine, but I'm not. Uh, Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. I was listening to you talk about the new voter registration in Pennsylvania where people can register automatically when they get their driver's license. And that links back to our favorite, not so favorite, professors from Columbia, Cloward and Piven, because when this bill was signed into law, the motor voter bill was signed into law in 1993 by Bill Clinton. They were largely instrumental in designing the bill and they were present at the bill signing. And to them, this is another way of creating one of the manufactured crises that they hope will bring down our economy and our capitalism and then usher in the socialist wealth redistribution. So they would tell their followers, if there is no crisis that now exists, create one. Take some unthreatening situation such as the climate, such as health care, and turn it into a crisis. So what do we have now? We have the global warming crisis. We have Obamacare to solve the health care crisis. We have the crisis at the border where all of these illegals are coming in, doing what Cloward and Piven espoused. They are overwhelming the system to create chaos, to bring our country crashing down. Totally, totally, totally. By the way, uh, Motor Voter, I now that you mentioned it, I remember it. What was that? Yes, that was the Motor Voter Law. They called it that because it was the name of it was the National Voter Registration Act. And it was to enable people to more easily, especially minorities, to more easily register to vote. And they called it, they nicknamed it Motor Voter because most of the registrations would take place at the, at the DMV. But there were some states where if you signed up for welfare or housing assistance or whatever, you were automatically registered also to vote. Automatically registered. So this thing uh, that they're doing in Pennsylvania, they've been doing it for a long time? In Pennsylvania, they've had it for a while, but in the past, you had to, when you went to get your driver's license to the DMV, you had to actively check a box. That's what we want. Yeah, you got to actively do something, and now they're actively doing it for you. That's wrong. Barbara, thank you. I'll see you guys later.